that's what I think you need to focus on. You start getting beyond that level of three and you can't be everything to everyone and your staff only has so much bandwidth. All right, my friends, the Ultimate OD Podcast. Great episode for you this week. It's the beginning of 2024, and I want you to know what I'm doing in my office to set it up for success. This is a three-step process to find what you love, to make it amazing, and just have it take off this year. We have the closing thought of the episode. This is the Ultimate OD Podcast. Here we go. Hi, my friends, the Ultimate OD Podcast. Thank you for uh, tuning in, listening. Thank you for subscribing on YouTube. Please keep hitting me up. This is going to be a great year. We are going to take our practices, go to the next level, right? To the moon? No, I don't know. But that being said, I just wanted to take a second and look at where we've been, what we talked about last year. We spent a lot of time of getting your vision, what it means to be the CEO of your practice and finding your niche. That's kind of what I did. And the podcast itself is a reflection of what I'm going through, what I'm thinking about and what I'm doing. I think that's one of the, one of the things that I find uh, people get value from is it's not theories. It's not, this is what you should do. I'm literally doing it. I get to test it out and I can give you feedback as to what's working, what's not, and how I'm improving. And we had a record year. This year, we're going to open a new office. And by open a new office, we're moving our current location, 1,600 square feet to 35 square hundred. We'll be hiring another doctor and just continuing the evolution of the office. 12 years in and getting better each and every year. Now, that being said, as we start 2024, so this is the first episode of the new year, I kind of want to give you a look in, a look into my mindset of where I'm going, what I'm going to do, and what I think would be beneficial for your practice. What are you going to focus on? What is your culture, right? And the first thing I'll ask you is, what do you enjoy doing? Okay, not what's fun and fancy. Myopia management, you know, the uh, migraine glasses, neural lens, you know, dry eye. It's all the rage, right? What do you actually enjoy? And take it even farther, outside of optometry, if you were going to read a book, if you were going to read something for leisure what do you like to do? Now, I'm fortunate enough that I found something that I love to do to exercise, to work out. I love nutrition. I often tell my wife, if it wasn't for me being an optometrist, I thought about pursuing a PhD in metabolism. I love reading about uh, insulin resistance and lipidology. So I love those two aspects of, of science. And thankfully, I can apply those to the eye. I've really started listening to a lot of lectures about the Ocular Wellness and Nutrition Society. And again, there's a lot of stuff that's out there that's fringe, if you will, but it interests me. It's fascinating. I love to to read about it and study it. What I apply to my practice, we'll see. But I'll tell you this right now, 
a lot of the next level dry eye stuff, you know, beyond the home therapies, beyond the IPL, is looking at that nutritional aspect, the gut microbiota. Those things matter. And when you have patients that can't find relief, that's the next step of looking at it. I have a patient that's 17 years old, crazy SPK, and starting to lose, you know, corneal sensation. And we've done the home therapies. They've tried steroids. She's seen a couple different doctors. Yeah, Procara can help give her her corneal, you know, surface back, optimize that. But what's the underlying cause? And honestly, that goes to blood work, gut microbiome, all these things that's next level. And it, it's it's just fun for me. It fits in with what I love and what I enjoy. So I'm going to do more of it. And I'll tell you this, if you have a passion for it, you're not only going to go to the next level, but go be authentically you. No one can compete with you when you are an N of one. No one loves this stuff the way I do. It has the resources I have. That makes me in a class of my own. And it, it's just hard to compete with. A lot of times we try to be cookie cutter. Like, what are you doing in your optical? How are you presenting contacts? What are you doing for X, Y, and Z? How often are you, this is what I love and this is what I'm going to do. So I've really, I've really put a lot of time, effort, and energy into making my own health and wellness a priority. And the cool thing is I can apply it to my patients. I can apply it to my practice and it's fun. So that's that's step one. What do you enjoy? Number two, when you look at what you're going to focus on in 2024, I think you can be good at three or less things. Three. Okay? So whether that's optical, whether it's specialty contact lenses, vision therapy, dry eye, ocular health and wellness, disease, however you categorize it, that's what I think you need to focus on. You start getting beyond that level of three, and you can't be everything to everyone, and your staff only has so much bandwidth. You'll be doing it halfway if you expect them to know five things. Honestly, you give them three, it's going to be a stretch, okay? Not only that, what I'm finding is because I'm trying to focus on just an awesome optical. I want that to be of emphasis. Check glasses. People understand that. Dry eye and ocular surface disease. Okay. I've done a great job this past year in my mind getting that up to speed. I want to take it from 1.0 to 2.0, working on that. But my staff can only understand so much. They can only convey so much information. So as I'm taking that that dry eye concept to the ocular uh, health and wellness, so how do you prevent macular degeneration? How do you prevent diabetes for affecting your eye health? How do you take the dry eye 1.0 and make it 2.0 and look at the gut microbiota? I'm getting into the limits of what they're capable of. How many supplements do you offer? We have three. Those are the ones I'm focusing on, but getting my staff to understand those takes effort. Not only that, getting the patient to understand what you think is a priority. I'm having trouble talking about, you know, macular degeneration with lutein, zeaxanthine, or, uh, you know, I promise DVS formulation, in addition to omega-3s. I love omega-3s. I love ocular surface, but I think omega-3s help your whole body and reduce inflammation. 
but trying to get them to talk about omega-3s and a lutein supplement, even though they're synergistic. The DHA actually helps the absorption of the lutein and zeaxanthine, but patients can only handle so much. What's the priority, doc? Is it the macula? Is it the front of my eye? So I, as I'm going through this, I'm starting to figure out how I'm going to hone the message, how I'm going to position each and every supplement, and how I'm going to have my staff do that. So again, three things, optical, dry eye ocular surface, and then ocular health and wellness, focusing on keeping your eyes healthy, having that ounce of prevention versus a pound of cure. Now, myopia management, do I do that? Absolutely, I still do that. Is it one of my core three principles? No, but in my mind, it's standard of care, right? You should do this because we've shown that the outcomes for not treating myopia can be catastrophic, right? It can have dire consequences. I'm going to do this for my children. If they show signs, I feel it's uh, my obligation to do it for other patients, other patients' children. So that's why we do it. Is it a pillar? No. So I stick by the rule of three. What three things are you going to be great at and how are you going to do that? That's next step. All right. So we found out what we enjoyed. We found out our three things. That's what I've done here. The next step is how do you make it work, right? That's a question that you get, I get constantly, and I'm sure you're wondering, yeah, I love it. How do I make it awesome? How do I make it part of my practice? I'm going to follow what you should never do, but I'm going to answer a question with a question is, let's say you wanted to start an ocular surface disease dry eye clinic. Just imagine that, and then take a step back and say, what would have to happen to make it not work, to make it be not successful? And you can instantly think of things that would make it not work for the patient, right? Uh, you don't have any of the treatments. You don't believe in it, right? You only talk about it with some patients. When you do talk about it, you're hesitant to talk about costs. You're afraid to bring that up to a patient, right? It's not going to work. Take an even bigger step back and look at, if you look at your business, if you're running a practice, you're like, how do I have a successful practice? Hard to say. How do you have an unsuccessful practice? You don't answer your calls. If a patient has an issue, you don't deal with it, right? Your staff is always fighting. They're not on the same page, right? It's not rocket science, but we tend to have a better lens when we're looking at the negative. What's the things that can make things go wrong. We can be risk averse by seeing all the, you know, grenades, landmines that await us, right? So find your three things and say, if I'm going to start a ocular health and wellness clinic, what is something that would make that not work? One, me, myself, not believing in ocular health and wellness. Everything I do, I take the supplements. I talk to my patients about it because I'm doing it myself right? But if you don't believe in it, if you don't do it, what kind of message are you sending? What kind of message is your staff sending if they don't believe in it, right? I don't care what it is, whether it's NeuroLens, whether it's vision therapy, you can think of all the things that would make it not work. Look at that list, do the opposite. I know it's simplistic. I know it shouldn't be that easy, but honestly, it kind of is, right? Start there, once you get to that level of, okay, I know what not to do, 
then send me an email. Hit me up. Talk to other people that do myopia management that are, believe it's a way of life. They're the cult people that go to Vision by Design. See what they're doing, right? But it doesn't have to be rocket science. You don't have to reinvent the wheel. You can inherently sit back, look at your practice, and know what not to do. All right, so that's what I'm doing with my office. That's how I'm getting it ready to have the best year yet to be just getting better with every patient interaction. How do I address the patient concerns? How do I educate them? I've improved because I've invested time, effort, and energy, and I do it with every single patient. It's what we do. I've told my staff, and they know this, if you're not on board, that's fine, but this is not the office for you. We have an office of believers, an office of people that are going to continue to put this message out because it's what I believe in, it's what they have to believe in. So just stay tuned, I'll give you updates, but right now, it's going really well. I'm very excited for what the future holds. We'll have more for you next week. Where aware oh has a time went? We are to the closing thought of the episode, and this is some knowledge I'm going to drop on you. Now, as I've been studying health and nutrition, one of the things that I've free come to realize is one of the dangers of health is insulin spikes, right? What you eat affects your blood glucose levels, which affects the insulin. Too much insulin, weight gain, vascular issues, trouble right? Oxidative stress. We hate it. Well, I'm reading a book called Glucose Revolution. Great read. Tons of applicable information in there. And the coolest thing I read and, and found out is it's not necessarily what you eat that is the problem. It's the order in which you're eating it. Yes, the order in which you eat your food will affect the insulin spike that you have and thereby whether you're losing or gaining weight. Mind blown. But I guess, uh, read the book, but the Cliff Notes version is eat your fiber first. And if you're deciding between a sweet fiber, like an apple, banana, or broccoli, carrots, lettuce, spinach, kale, that aspect, choose the broccoli, the vegetables, versus the sweet. Save the sweet for the end. But if you eat that fiber first, you create a net, a barrier that limits the absorption of the the, the following things, your carbohydrates and such, and will reduce your insulin spikes. You can lose weight by eating a salad before you eat everything else. So go to the restaurant, get a salad, don't eat the bread first, but fiber, then your protein, your fats, then your carbohydrates, whether they're potatoes, starchy, or they're eating bread, pasta, grains, rice, eat that fiber first, you'll limit the spike, you'll be healthier for it. Now, I'm going to put it into action. We'll see what happens. But I thought that was interesting. And that's what I have for you. Pass it on to your diabetic patients. Dr. Lily out.